Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, Get Booked listeners. Welcome to The Hand Cell, a special weekly installment of Get Booked that's all about the books that we just can't resist shouting about. This is Amanda Nelson, and today's Hand Cell is Cultish by Amanda Montel. Let's hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Avid Reader Press. So this next book is a really fun sounding mashup of different genres. There's a little time travel, a little romance, a little spy thriller action going on. So in the near future, a civil servant is offered the salary of her dreams and is shortly afterward told what project she'll be working on. A recently established government ministry is gathering quote unquote expats from across history to establish whether time travel is feasible for the body, but also for the fabric of space time. This is an exquisitely original and feverishly fun fusion of genres and ideas. The Ministry of Time by Colleen Bradley asks, what does it mean to defy history when history is living in your house? Colleen Bradley's answer is a blazing, unforgettable testament to what we owe each other in a changing world. It kind of gives Outlander meets Cloud Atlas or If the Time Traveler's Rife was written by Sally Rooney or Colson Whitehead. Make sure to check out The Ministry of Time by Colleen Bradley. And thanks again to Avid Reader Press for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Sourcebooks Landmark. So King Solomon says something very interesting to his son before he dies, and that is, quote, don't let the white man take the house, end quote. These, as I just mentioned, are King Solomon's last words to his son as he dies. Now, all four Solomon siblings must return to North Carolina to save the kingdom, their ancestral home, and 200 acres of land from a development company. Told in alternating viewpoints, Long After We Are Gone by Tara Shelton Harris is a searing portrait of the power of family and letting go of things that no longer serve you, exploring the burden of familial expectations, the detriment of miscommunication, and the lessons and legacies we pass on to our children. It's an explosive and emotional story of four siblings, each fighting their own personal battle, because who isn't, who return home in the wake of their father's death. Make sure to check out Long After We Are Gone by Tara Shelton Harris. And thanks again to Sourcebooks Landmark for sponsoring this episode. Cultish is a new book, came out June 15th. So at the time of this airing, it'll have been out for about a week. This is a nonfiction book about the language of fanaticism or the language of cults. It's, I'm sure, not escaped any of your notice, any of y'all's notice, that uh, 2021 is really shaping up to be a year of cults. There's QAnon, there's all of the documentaries and specials and books coming out about Nexium, about just any number of cults and cultish behaviors and whatnot. So this is the thing that we're all really interested in right now, especially, I think, because of QAnon and the insurrection and how people who 
seem normal or start off fairly normal end up down that kind of just completely bizarre rabbit hole like how does that happen that's that's the fascinating part of it for me and cultish is not specifically about QAnon or nexium or any of them it is about the language of cults and how cults use language to create in groups out groups to create feelings of welcome and to create their own morality and how language is really the tool that these people are using to draw in new members. She interviews cult members, people who have left, you know, since left cults to talk about this uh, specifically. But the, but the most fascinating part of this book for me was the cultish element, like things that are not cults, but are cultish. So for example, CrossFit. I mean, you know, we all make jokes, right, about how CrossFit is a cult. It is not, <laughs> but it's culty, like it's cultish, you know, we all, we kind of like look for language about how to describe the way CrossFit makes you feel if you're an outsider and the way it makes you feel if you're an insider. And all of that language turns out to be pretty cultish. They create their own values with their language. They have their own terminologies for things, right? Wad, it's like a, it's just like a religious term. Uh, there's levels of judgment for outsiders. There's in-group, out-groups, all of that. Also, soul cycle, Peloton, all of those things have cultish elements, especially Soul Cycle, because Soul Cycle incorporates motivational or religious elements into their messaging when they're doing the classes. Something that I learned in this book that I thought was fascinating was that Soul Cycle and Peloton don't recruit necessarily instructors who are fitness people. They they recruit Broadway dancers because they can perform and know how to work an audience. So I thought that was really interesting. Also, evangelical churches, big culty kind of discussion in this book. And it's not just because they're a religion, because it's a religion. It's because of the way that they use language specifically to create in-group, out-groups. Also, speaking in tongues is a very culty kind of behavior. And, uh, you know, she talks all about that, addresses it in a really fascinating way. Also, um, tech startups can absolutely act in a really cultish fashion. The way that they use language to create a feeling of community and then everybody who is outside of that community just kind of doesn't understand what we're trying to build here. You know, like all of that, that sort of language is how cults happen. And the difference between working for a really uh, culturally specific tech startup and, you know, joining Nexium is big, but also not that big. And that intersection or that, um, I guess, divide more appropriately is what this book is about. Like how how we walk that line with our language of creating cultish or culty communities that aren't harmful. Like there's nothing wrong with going to CrossFit, right? There's nothing wrong with going to a church or SoulCycle or working for a tech startup. There is something wrong with being a Nexium. There is something wrong with being a QAnon. And what the difference there, obviously, is that one is harmful to people and one isn't. But what is considered harm can often depend on who you're asking, you know? So it's a fascinating book. And if you have spent this year doing the the cult, you know, rabbit hole deep dives, as many of us have, you really need to go pick this up. So that's Cultish by Amanda Montel. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our audio editor, Jen Zink. You can find more book recommendations at bookriot.com. We have plenty of posts about books about cults. Just you can Google Book Riot books about cults and you'll find some lists. And you can listen to more of our podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen. If you have any feedback, just give us an email at getbooked@bookriot.com. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you would like to talk to us online, you can find us on Instagram. My co-host Jen is on Instagram at I am Jen IRL. That's two N's. She's on Twitter at Jen IRL. I am also on Instagram at I'm Amanda Nelson. I don't really talk about books over there for a warning. And we will talk to you all next week. <laughs>